Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Welcome back to Kitchen Club with me, Sarah Malcolm, and my wonderful friend, Serena Love. Kitchen Club is the weekly podcast that brings you conversations from around our kitchen table. Each week, we bring you a brilliant new guest sharing all about their area of expertise and a brand new recipe for you to get stuck into. This week, we're chatting to Richie Norton, an ex-rugby player turned yoga teacher, ex-PT trainer, coach, and nature lover. We chatted to Richie all about nutrition for optimal performance, gender stereotypes within the yoga and holistic world, and the power of a daily dose of nature. Richie's actually the first guest ever to choose three sweet favorite ingredients. So we loved coming up with his delicious recipe and you can find that along with all of the other recipes from this season on our Patreon page where you can support us and get recipes and more in return. So we'll leave the details for that in the show notes below. Without further ado, here is the fantastic Richie Norton on Kitchen Club. Okay, I'm ready. Hi, Richie. Hey, what's up? So lovely to have you. Welcome. Yes, feels a bit weird because I feel like we've kind of already like bonded, we've already connected and we're having to reintroduce ourselves again. I know. Yeah, wicked. I know, listeners, we were just having a giggle that when we start recording and it's suddenly like this whole switch on mode. So um, here we are switched on. That's it, hopefully switched on. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> um, but it's really lovely to have you, Richie. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm honoured gonna... to be here. Your, your list of guests so far has been really great. I've listened to them and they're all my kind of people. So mm. I'm, I'm glad to have been joined with some good human beings by the side. Yeah, well, that's we just like having lovely humans on. And, you know, I think Serena and I are always like, we're going to get on with them. So let's invite them on. Yeah, I think that's a great way to pick your guests. <laughs> yeah, isn't it? Selfish, selfish way. Um, <laughs> let's start, Richie, by diving first into your three ingredients that you gave us, your favourite three ingredients. Hopefully you can remember what they were. 
Yeah, well, I, I when I actually gave you those three ingredients, I thought, you know what, maybe that's not the right ingredient. <laughs> but then I thought, well, I love dates because they can be eaten on their own. And then I thought, well, I sometimes put peanut butter on my dates. But then I thought also, well, I put them in smoothies and I put them in biscuits and cookies and cake. Yeah, they get used quite a lot. Oh, yeah, bananas. Yeah, I eat about four bananas a day. It's probably fair to say they should be my top three. And then I thought, well, what about chocolate? Oh, sometimes I like a bit of dark chocolate. So you get the idea of where the consistent combinations come from, whether it's a smoothie, whether it's baking, when I do get to bake. Although my girlfriend does all the baking. She's epic. But um, they just seem to give me what I need. They're sugary. They give me a nice little energy fix. They taste good. Mm. They're versatile. So, yeah, that kind of felt like quite a natural way. Did I get those right, by the way? Was that you right? did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. You're the okay, first good. guest as well that's gone for three sweet things. I mean, peanut butter could be a savoury, I guess. It works both mm-hmm. ways. But mm-hmm. the first that has gone for a three-sweeter. Interesting. Yeah. I thought that would have been a no-brainer. Top three. Yeah. Healthy <laughs> sweets. <laughs> <laughs> You know, the super cool thing, we clearly read your mind because we included chocolate as well. Oh, of course. It's, it's, so, it's well, I, I like to think we're in alignment here, but that seems to are. be like the natural addition if you are going to go one step further. Oh, yeah. So we made you some, it's kind of obvious, but they're delicious. Banana, peanut butter, date, oat bars with chocolate drizzled on top. Oh, banging. When do they arrive? Yeah, that's the problem. <laughs> Normally we would make them for you. Yeah, so you get to enjoy them. I just get mm-hmm. to salivate over them all. I'll, I'll send you my version of what we created from that recipe. Yeah. That? Perfect. <laughs> I'd have to say as well that, Richie, your three ingredients would probably be up there for, my, for me as well because I have peanut butter dates and banana every morning. It's just, yeah, a match made in heaven. Mm-hmm. I, don't, yeah. I don't understand people who don't like peanut butter. No. And so versatile Does what they want? can do. It doesn't make any sense, really. I mean, unless you're allergic to nuts and stuff like that. But the way I look at it is it's a good source of natural energy and fats and the things that we can get away with every now and then in moderation. You can have them on their own. You can have them all together. You can spread them, chop them, blend them. It's just like, mm-hmm. what a great versatile combo. And it makes you feel good, which is yeah. the intention, right? Mm-hmm. Always. Whilst we're talking about food, we'd love to know whether food has always been a big part of your life. And also these days with your interest in health and like feeling your absolute best, do you still enjoy food for food or is it always linked to kind of the nutritional value of it? Does that make sense? Um, I'll I'll try and make sense of what you, if I understood correctly, (laughs) because I, not that you you gave me a a, a tricky question. It's just more me looking at nutrition and me looking at food. Like Mm. I eat for my, for my health to feed me, to energize me, to make sure I stay strong. Um, because I'm so active and I burn through fuel quite a lot, I need to make sure I'm fueled up correctly. So for me to do that, right. I need to learn about what is working and what's not. So my journey in short from, you know, learn about nutrition and being a, a personal trainer and having to try and, you know, guide, co- uh, guide clients to lose weight or put on muscle or improve their health from the inside out. I had to go into my own little experimental lab and, and, and see what worked for me and what didn't, but also read and diversify from different teachers, different nutritionists, different practitioners, 
And then also I love to cook. I actually really enjoy cooking. Luckily, my mum and dad from a very young age got us involved in the kitchen, which I think is really great for kids, yeah. you know, mixing bowls, licking spoons, usually a lot of baking on my mum's side. But because I left home when I was quite young, I had to come fend for myself quite young. So I had to make my own food. And rather than just eat out of tins, I actually quite enjoyed building on what my grandma, my mum used to like give me in terms of recipes. And then kind of just like, oh, see what that works like. Well, yeah, oh, that didn't work. That tastes disgusting. We won't use that again. You can't get it right all the time. But I think the key is I got into it initially because I enjoyed eating and I wanted to start to get creative and make my own food. I love that. And then with the rugby side of things, I had to eat for performance because I wanted to get big. I wanted to build muscle. I wanted to be strong. I wanted to be fast. But still, what I knew then compared to what I know now is, is actually quite different. And how I apply it is, is kind of just listening to my body more. Mm. So I look at food now and nutrition as a source of fueling my body correctly and also providing a really nice, healthy internal world. So I sleep better. My skin is good. My, my body weight is a nice balance. And I feel energized when I want to be energized. And I don't overthink it past that. But I've done the work of measuring food, kind of getting an idea of what, how many calories are on my, my plate so I can understand what kind of you know, burning I'm doing of that fuel when I'm training in certain disciplines and that way I can start to navigate each day, eat each meal without being, oh, I better weigh that or that's not good for me. It's like, I'm all right with this yeah. because I know I need to balance it out somewhere else, but that's okay. And I find that gives me this nice ride to eat a cake, you know, yeah. have a pizza, go to the Indian takeaway. It doesn't happen all the time, but for me, it's like it's become a lot healthier with my relationship. Mm. I do this because I feel like it is kind of a nice wave. It's never like, it's never like that. I never do crash course stuff. None of my clients ever have done a diet around intense salad eating or portion control. It's just more about educating and observing and listening. And I think that's a really nice way to go about looking at nutrition as a whole. Did that kind of answer your question or did I elaborate quite a lot there? No, that completely answered it because I think what I was getting at was that a lot of people who train are so into the nutrition that food for them is like a plain chicken breast and some steamed broccoli. Mm-hmm. But it sounds like you like do love food for food as well as making sure that it's it's 100%. nourishing you and doing what it needs in your body. 100%. On that point, actually, just to cover all those bases, I have been that person where I have to eat a chicken breast and broccoli because... I was in that space where I was experimenting to see what happened if I put my body through that kind of torment Um, because it isn't always enjoyable. And if I'm going to do something long-term and have something that is sustainable and that becomes part of my daily rituals, my daily practices, I want to enjoy the process and I want to enjoy the experience. Otherwise I'm going to get bored super quick, Mm. but also I'm not going to enjoy the journey. So I think everyone has to find their version of that. And there are ways to do it by just being a bit more self-aware and more proactive around be more active to lose more weight and to like burn more fuel to energize your body naturally and to fuel your body with what your body needs, not what anyone else needs. It has to be about you. 
yeah. and your relationship with that food and why you're doing it. And I think once you kind of tie those things together, you can jump in and out of certain you know, phases of eating certain things or wherever you are, your environment might not give you all the best farm produce and you might have to like hustle a little bit on the side. That's okay. As long as you're being more mindful, more conscious of what quality of that food and the quantity of that food. And I think that's a nicer way to just navigate it. I think navigate seems to be the right kind of word to do it. But yeah. a lot of people are just mindlessly eating, uneducated, without any idea what they're doing, without any idea what they're consuming their body with, consuming their face. <laughs> um <laughs> And I think that's quite an important thing to recognize when you're working relationships with food. And that then hopefully answers the question for guys that are wanting to build muscle or women that want to build muscle. Absolutely. And I think that's quite an important thing to, to make sense of. Educate yourself. Don't rely on someone else to tell you what's right for you. Yes. Great advice. Because you do kind of, especially in the world of um, of social media and, and sort of influences people can fall into a trap of thinking, oh, they eat that way. So I should also eat like that if I want to look mm-hmm. like them or do what they do. Mm-hmm. But we're all mm-hmm. made completely differently. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I 100% agree, Richie. All personal experience and having food respect. And it's something we speak about quite a lot mm-hmm. on, mm-hmm. especially this season on the podcast and mm-hmm. educating yourself on on where your food is coming from and not just mindlessly eating. Definitely. Yeah, well, it's trends, isn't it? It's mm. it's a lot of, I say fads, but it, there's such a wave of overwhelming information that can come from a big campaign for a certain way of eating that's had a really great positive uh, effect on certain people. Whether you talk about the plant-based stuff or, or vegan stuff or all meat stuff or paleo, you know, all of these words, these titles, People that are uneducated, that are a bit like sort of naive or just unaware, they just get pulled into it and they, they don't realize that it's just a bit of manipulation and they're not doing the groundwork to work out or understand if it's right for them. And I think it's such an empowering thing to actually just take some ownership to understand actually, is this right for me? Does this align with what I feel is right for me? How do I feel when I eat this food? What what's in this food? What is it made up for? What is it doing for me? I mean, just a few little things to educate yourself will just be so much more powerful and then also give you that control to make better decisions and not feel so bombarded and overwhelmed and then do these yo-yo diets because you're always looking for that next thing. Yeah. Because eventually you just find find what works for you, don't you? And I believe that's the same with training. Mm. you know for for long-term training health and well-being goals hopefully everyone's doing it for health right eventually hopefully it all comes down to like good quality health and well-being food diet lifestyle training it's because you want to live long you want to feel happy you want to feel confident and you want to have your body working for you as efficiently as possible Mm. for you to do that we have to learn what's right for us based on our environment and our life and where we are and what we have access to and do your best with all those tools. Yes. That's not that hard to figure out. You just have to simplify a little bit and do the work. Yeah. Personally, that's my view anyway. It's a great one. That make any sense. Yes. (laughs) So Richie, you're talking about figuring out what's, what's right for you. Let's talk a little bit about 
what's been right for you personally <laughs> on sort of your journey into getting where you are today. I mean, you've said that uh, you're a professional rugby player, right? Yeah, well, I mean, at under-19s, it wasn't really professional, really. It was more semi-professional because I was still paid to play. So, mm-hmm. you know, this is like 20 years ago. Scary. But I played for a few years, but it was overseas in New Zealand and I played in America and I played in Portugal. So I got to travel. I got to make money while I traveled and got to play. Mm-hmm. But I still worked and I still did other things. I wanted to go on adventures and wanted to see the world while I was playing rugby. When I realized it wasn't my long-term career, it was more I was able to pay my way and see the world playing rugby as my tool of choice. So, yeah, I I tend not to think I earned fully professional title, (laughs) but, you know, I did it and I made a living from it, let's say that, you know, so... What a great life. It crosses into two. But yeah, you know, for someone who's so young, you know, when, you know, I didn't go to uni, I went to play rugby and travel the world. And then I wanted to be a firefighter. I thought I'm going to be a fireman. I'm not going to be a rugby player, but I still want to be a hero. (laughs) And I want to save people. I want to rescue people. I thought that's something that can, you'll be proud of. And, you know, it's really like, like, going to challenge me mentally and physically that's what I'm going to do so I went to a firefighting college in um up in Lancashire and luckily I got the opportunity to go and play rugby again that kind of like pulled me out of it because the training was really hard and you have to be super clever so I I just felt like I maybe wasn't quite ready yet to delve into that that serious world but yeah anyway the long and short of it is yeah my, my rugby was the key to me starting this 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 journey that's so funny that you said you I mean, that you wanted to be a firefighter to help people to be a hero, which is exactly what you've succeeded in now. And actually, (laughs) the kind of flip side of that is you are the fire (laughs) that you build within your clients and your followers. That you create that that heat for everyone, but also put out the the anxiety. Maybe not as less less danger. I was going to say, I feel like a really like... Richie, really you are the fire. I know. I was like, wow. <laughs> I've gone red. I'm, I'm blushing. No, it's, uh, it's, it's a nice way to look at it. And I, I think um, it's nice to imagine yourself as someone that can be a positive influence in people's lives and, you know, pull people out of challenging situations. You know, people come to me and uh, they're wanting some help, you know, so, yeah, I guess you are a, a point of bringing them through, you know, obstacles and challenges and tough times. Yeah. Um, um, just um, not as dangerous and risky, maybe, as being a firefighter. Because those right. guys are heroes. They're the real heroes. Yeah, they are, aren't they? So what was it in your early early 20s when you stopped playing rugby that shifted for you and sort of brought you into this holistic or more holistic route into yoga and movement? Tell us a little bit about that, if you will. So this is quite a long story, actually. And I've been writing a book about the whole thing because I'm sure it's going to like help people through a lot of challenging times. Because when I, when I stopped playing rugby, I was only 24 and it should be in my prime. I was lucky I had a very good junior career and a youth experience. I was lucky to have the opportunity early on and make the most of it. But when your career suddenly ends, and this can this can account for anyone's experience in any 
loss of or end of their dream. And I just didn't know where to put myself because I was going to be a professional athlete the rest of my life and then do commentary on BBC for sports, you know, and that was my, that was my dream. Um, so I went really off the rails. I, uh, I moved to London. I, um, met up with some great people, some awesome human beings who are still friends now, but they took me to Ibiza and, um, I'd never been raving before and well not not proper raving and uh because i I just felt like i'd just been set free i just i I focused on my rugby for so long but also felt very lost i didn't know what direction to go in Mm -hmm. i actually felt like i didn't know where to position myself and it was a really lonely and actually quite scary time and put me in a bit of a negative headspace of just thinking that i'd actually failed and I hadn't fulfilled what I thought I was here to do. And it's a really weird limbo space, which I know a lot of people will relate to. Um, But the hedonistic experience of being in Ibiza was just great. I just felt like I'd just been set free. I was was going dancing, I was swimming, and I was uh, traveling and just having an absolute blast. But eventually that only lasts for so long and you kind of like realize that's not sustainable but it was a lot of fun <laughs> but it allowed me to sort of like blow the cobwebs off let's call it and, and when I came back to London I started to go into business I went into property I went into like recruitment I thought I'd make it in like the the tech world and I was trying all these different things because I could talk and I could you know I was friendly and I was you know personable so I was giving opportunities to like do stuff in business because sometimes rugby players do that. We go into business and um, that didn't work either. So many times people will come up to me and go, "Um, I don't think this is for you. You know, it just doesn't seem to suit where you're at. And this was clients and it was colleagues and people I do business with him. Like, yeah, we do business with you because you're just a nice person. The product's not that great, but we like it. And it was just a case of like, right, I feel like I need to change things up a little bit. So I thought I'd really change things up and I moved to Australia. I went to Sydney and I jumped on a plane, last chance to get a working visa, landed in Sydney. I thought, right, if I'm going to be in Sydney, I'm going to grow my hair, I'm going to learn how to surf so I can blend in. So this Yorkshire lad walking down the hill with his surfboard, going surfing, Body's still broken, got a bad knee, got a bad back. I've jarred my neck, I've been knocked out twice from rugby. My body's not really in peak condition. And I surf every single morning. I don't have a lesson, I just watch all the pro people. I almost drown three or four times a day. And anyway, long and short of it, I met some really great people that were surfers and yogis, and they do capoeira and they like. They go hiking and climbing. And I'm like, God, I've just missed this. I lived in London in this like box in this urban jungle, just not connected to nature at all. So I got there and I started doing yoga. I started, you know, getting out and about in nature, being in the ocean. And all my injuries started to go away. But it wasn't so intense. So my body was able to repair a little bit. My body had chance to breathe and then two people great yoga teacher who understood where i was coming from to teach me yoga in a language that wasn't too woo woo fluffy spiritual like most guys 
yeah. especially for boys. So I was like, okay, I connect. This is performance, yeah, performance yoga. Okay, got you. <laughs> so this is gains, yeah, gains. Right, wicked. So, um, you know, breathing gains, you know, lean gains, be agile, be super dynamic. I'm like, yeah, yeah, okay, this is the one. And then I also met an osteopath who taught me the powers of foam rolling and trigger point stuff and learn about the mechanics of the body. Most of us hunched over desks now, just getting seized up, not moving through our full range of motion. Bodies are starting to like shut down. No wonder things start to hurt and ache and break and get injured, right? So long story, probably still quite long, just to inspire people about just delving deep. I was 30 years old this time. I was told I was never going to play rugby again, never going to train again. And people could have written me off. I could have written myself off. So a lot of people go through life thinking, oh, this is it. My body's broken. Or I can't do that. I've never been able to do that. And they tell themselves this, this internal dialogue that just defeats their potential or puts them down or creates this big obstacle that they feel they can't work through. Whereas if you find the right teacher and you do the work and you experiment and you learn a bit about yourself and you treat your body with respect and care and attention and just work on the small building blocks that make you a well, nice, well-rounded human being, it just gave me this whole new lease of life. So I got this new energy and I started to just feel more alive and more connected. And a few years later, I went to Bali on a yacht for four weeks, traveled to Bali, got there for what is this place? This is amazing. <laughs> Never ever want to leave ever. I can feel like, I feel like a Mowgli from the jungle book. And I thought all my dreams are coming true. I always wanted to be this jungle boy. So I got a scooter and I got a surfboard rack and I just cruise around with big, long blonde locks. And I realized that all that work I'd been doing over those few years was preparing me for that. And I was able to then disconnect from all the, the obstacles or the things that stopped me from becoming a yoga teacher or the things that had stopped me just taking that leap mm. and trying something new and getting out of the lane I felt I was in just to just step out of my comfort zone. And it changed my life forever. I met a teacher that understood how to work with me. He gave me the tools I have now and I teach to this day he opened up my mind to be more mindful, more connected with myself. So just shutting down, disconnecting from that macho ego kind of fjord masculine and be open and connected and, and see it as a journey and see it as a path that you create and it's all on you. And that just felt like I just, the whole world opened up. So, yeah, in short, that's quite a long explanation, but I'd like to give you an idea of the steps because it wasn't easy and it wasn't always straightforward, but everybody faces obstacles and some of them are really tough, really hard. But I find if we can mentally see past that and see it as an obstacle that will teach us so much, that we'll learn from, that we'll grow from, even if it doesn't work out, that's living. Never be satisfied no matter where you are, no matter what age you are, go out and just chase something that really gets you fired up, even if it scares the shit out of you. Because that is living, that is being alive. And I feel in a world now more than ever, what's even more prominent is we're constantly trying to be controlled. We're overwhelmed with information. We're distracted by everything. If you don't stay in 
check in tune with yourself and what you're here to do, you will lose your way. And that can be a really crazy world to be in. Mm -hmm. So I just think I teach to try and share that. I'm a teacher and whatever I do now, however I'm with, I like to bring a little bit of that magic out, depending on how open that person is that I'm sharing it with. But that's my mission. So that was a short version of just telling you where I am now to like, no, I know what I'm here to do. Yeah. And that's my mission until I'm not here anymore. Yeah. Even if I'm old and wrinkly, I'll still be surfing. I'll still be skateboarding. <laughs> if, I, if I can actually stand up. <laughs> but that's my mentality, that youth mindset that we talked about. Yeah. The more you hold on to that and the more you cherish it, the more chance you have of actually just having an incredible life. Mm. That's my mentality anyway. In all, I'll stop in all the nuggets now. that you just said, the brilliant stuff, I just have one question that's bubbled up for me are you still self-taught surfer yeah I've never had a lesson in my life wow that's amazing but I I say that yeah I've never had a lesson in my life but that's my mentality it's not like oh I'm good at everything it's just like I like to set myself that challenge yeah to overcome that obstacle because it's going to be tough yeah but I want that sense of achievement when I make progress and I notice I've got better and that's the same with everything. There are some things I'm like, I should probably have a lesson in this. I might die. There's, there's, there's boundaries to like where you should just go. Do you know what? I'm just going to learn how to skydive on my own. I don't need lessons. There are certain things you should, right? But you, you know what I mean? It's like you, you should lean into things that scare you a little bit because your whole body vibrates and it's like, what are you doing? But this is amazing, but I'm scared. But like, ah! and I'm, I, I'm addicted to that. Mm. I just have to find different levels of it on the spectrum <laughs> and know when to rein it in a little bit. But yeah, I did. I did. And I, it's because I just love being in the ocean and I just love the learning and just I love getting smashed as well because it was like, whoa, that was close. <laughs> you know, but that, that's, you know, that's the tightrope I, I ride. Yeah. While so we're cynical. talking about your journey into mindfulness, I heard you say on another podcast, and I think it might have been Grace's, that initially you were apprehensive of that because as a man, you were worried that being into all that stuff might be seen as a weakness or like a chink mm-hmm. in your armor. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering how you overcame that because it's hopefully by sharing that, that other men will be able to be more vulnerable and more in touch with their emotions and Mm -hmm. stuff. Yeah. So when I first came across yoga, I was actually in London. uh, It was quite early on, like late twenties. And I had a few experiences with yoga that were just really hard work. I actually really found them really hard work. And I was very competitively minded and I was like, I can't do this. I'm really like everything hurts and I can't touch my toes and I can't get my heels on the floor. And it's like, it just feels really hard and everything's making me look really bad. So it like mentally it was like playing this game with me and there was no guys in the room. It was all women. And I thought, oh, it's just the balance isn't right. Maybe I'm not meant to be here. So you have this kind of internal dialogue of like, uh, maybe it's not for me. Maybe it's just not where, not the right time, not the right class, not the right teacher. And when I talk to people about it, my, the lads I play rugby with, all my mates, uh, they'd be like, yoga? No, I'm not into that. No, 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 no. And it was still then like something, it wasn't really accepted by my connection, by my network. So fast forwards when I go to Sydney, there's like 50-50 guys and girls in these yoga classes. There's people just like doing it, but it's the community. So 
what it was, I was just talking to people that hadn't ever experienced it and weren't part of a yoga community. So it felt really unusual and foreign. It wasn't really well received. So it allowed me to start to have conversations with guys that are like super agile, but like still like proper strong and buff. And they were surfers or they were jujitsu guys or they were capoeira teachers. And I'd see them do these acrobatics. And like, because of the yoga, I'm able to do this. And I'm like, right yeah, you're the kind of guys you need to hang out with. And it was like, that's how I found my people. Mm. And I think we often get caught in our little bubbles with the friends that we've had forever. And it's like, actually, you're not the kind of people I want to hang out with anymore. And that takes quite a lot of guts or to at least maybe section off certain groups of people for certain activities, not like you need to get rid of all your friends. But when I started to go into more yoga teacher training, it was, it was there though. Everybody was leveled off. It was just a load of human people and a load of energy and a load of souls and a lot of people doing the work, turning up to support each other. And it was that sense of community and that sense of feeling like I'm in the right place here that I realized I'd never found before. So my mission from that point was to try and create that every time I taught a class, exactly how I've resonated with it. And that's why I'm here. How many rugby players do I know that never quite found the right teachers? They've never been able to connect with it. Right. This is how I learn about it. Right. Try this breathing. You'll feel like the chest will open up and you'll feel more energized. And then, right, when you move your arm here, take a breath here and really open up through the hips. And like, how's that feel? Oh, whoa, it's really hard work. You know, but you, you get them to like connect with it based on where they're coming from. And I think that's quite a skill with some people rather than just going, this is how I do yoga. So you have to do it this way as well. The reason I don't teach a lot of traditional yoga now is because that's not how I connected with it. Mm. I respect it. But now that when I talk to guys, it's taught in rugby clubs, but not, oh, okay, everybody chant now. And those big rugby lads going, oh, they just don't do that. These yoga teachers have adapted how they teach it to share their, their teachings, their methods, their their skills in a way that, these guys will resonate with it and feel like they're making progress. And yeah. for me now, I still have some guys that I don't bother having the conversation with because they're far too old school and they're stuck in their ways and I've accepted that, which is fine. But what I realize now is like the more I own it, the more I'm inspiring people to give it a go because I'm not your standard yoga teacher. I'm covered in tattoos. I'm a lot bigger than most tattoo um, uh, yoga teachers. And I don't use a lot of traditional Sanskrit, which upsets some people, but it's because I'm there to serve you. Mm. I want you to find something in this practice that makes you feel, oh, that was good. Or, yeah. oh, I understood that. That makes sense now. Yeah, That's my purpose. So I respect both sides of it, I think, is the question that is the answer. But I know now more than ever, people are waking up to it because mm. I'm having more conversations and it's just accepted. Not everyone wants to resonate in a positive way, but I feel if we can do something in a practice and share something that inspires someone, you're doing a great job. Yeah. And then in turn, you know, if you're teaching in, in that way and you're inviting people who thought, oh, maybe yoga's not for me into the practice, then there might be somewhere along the line that they think, actually, I want to learn a little bit more about the philosophy and the Sanskrit. And I you know, mm -hmm. they go on their own personal journey, but the 100%. way they've come into it is through mm -hmm. experiencing the movement, experiencing the breath. And mm -hmm. it's, it makes me think because it's so funny how, how we've morphed 
the the practice of yoga because i mean initially it was designed for for young boys that's mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. how it started mm-hmm. and the yeah. fact that the media um we've sort of channeled it into this thing that's designed for women and you have to mm-hmm. wear tight clothing and look a certain way and it's so great to be breaking those boundaries again and you know because it's not it's not just a privilege for a, a, like a thing for white privileged women you know and it mm-hmm. shouldn't be and it's exciting what you're doing Richie and I really like value it so much and actually it, it was funny I was teaching a class in this two class in the studio last night and my first class was full of women and I sort of was adapting how I was teaching for those women. And then the second class was 80% men. And I, they all walked in and I was like, what's going on? Because it was so great to see that many men. And they were all, you could sort of set, you could sort of tell that they were starting in their journey. I thought, right, I need to switch things up a little Mm, bit for this because I need to be able to access them in a different way to yeah. kind of how I would these experienced sort of dancer women that were coming mm-hmm. before mm-hmm. so yeah I think that's such a lovely gift isn't it to have that ability to just adjust how you deliver something or you share something for someone to make a connection with it rather than scare them away yeah or really hurt them or really punish them make them sweat a lot make them feel like they're not good enough mm. and you'll never see them again and that could have been a really great opportunity for them to delve deeper into it so you know how good is it that you have that role as a teacher we hope people embody it in this way that you're just uh, a step in their journey you're a chapter of their journey I know I'm not the best yoga teacher but I know if you come to my class I'll make sure you enjoy it and you feel taken care of for you to then decide what what direction you're going to go in next Mm. And I think, mm. what a great opportunity. So even if you're a new teacher, I just think, well, just have that mentality that you're just nurturing someone's journey. Yeah. Be respectful, be authentic, you know, make sure make the people feel welcome. And if you're more advanced, if you take things a bit too seriously, you're going to forget about the people that are in your class that maybe don't know where they're going yet. So I think that's, you know, it takes a bit of a skill, but I think it's a nice way to look at life, isn't it? As a personal trainer, as a yoga teacher, as any kind of coach. You know, be empathetic around people being on very different levels. So treat everybody as someone just part on part of their journey and then try and navigate, you know, giving them just what they need just to help them on their way. I think that's a nice way to look at it anyway. Mm-hmm. Makes me feel less self-aware. Yeah. It's really interesting because I used to teach at a studio where that was their whole ethos like that they were people's intro to yoga and if people loved it and stuck with it great if then they wanted more and they wanted more spirituality and stuff cool but it was it was a male owned and run studio and I've never really heard anyone else with that attitude apart from the guy who ran it Mm -hmm. and like when he said it and now when you say it, it makes so much sense why would you alienate people by doing crazy shit with weird names that's going to put everyone off instead tell people how it should feel let them like notice that and enjoy that and then they're going to love it Mm -hmm. yeah I go to some teachers when I'm just wanting to just be taught and not just have my own little practice and they might have just come out of yoga school but because they're slow and they're really taking their time and they're just trying to like you know find their way I love it it's like, God, that was so nice. I haven't done that in ages. 
So even though I may be a bit more experienced, it's like, I get it. I get where you are. Thank you so much for slowing things right down. That was really nice to feel those, those positions and that, get that feeling back of that hold and that, that, that transition felt great. And I think that's always nice as well to support other coaches and other trainers and give them, you know, that supportive energy because everyone's going to have their own way. Everyone's got a different personality. Everyone's got a slightly different mission. But if you stay true to being kind, being thoughtful, and also not taking yourself too seriously, yeah. you're going to do all right. Yeah. My favorite thing is when you sort of get that moment where you can just laugh in a class and then I can't remember what one who of my teachers says it, but they're always like, it's just yoga. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just yoga. <laughs> but that's a lovely, really lovely way to you know think about it and access more people um Richie we'd love to speak to you I feel like wow time's passing very quickly yeah how has it got to that time I don't know but sorry I just get away I get you have to rein me in a little bit when I'm off on a tangent pull me and say whoa whoa (laughs) well actually we've got so many more things to ask you but maybe I should just I'll keep the answers short (laughs) no they're beautiful they're beautiful So we would love to talk to you about your love of the outdoors. And I'm actually going to tell you something. Sarah's probably going to tell me I shouldn't have told you this because it's a bit creepy. For the first time ever, I dreamt about a podcast guest before they came on. And last night you came to me in a dream and you were trying to make us record outside. And I was like, no, I'm sorry. It's impractical. It's too noisy. And you were like, please, I just love being outdoors. And I was like, (laughs) no. And then you found this like weird door in my London house that you open and you can see the sea. It was great. Thanks for that. What? That sounds amazing. What a dream. I have pretty weird dreams. I'm honoured though. You guys are like full of flattery today. I'm like feeling very special today. Thank you. Sarah's flirting with you. I'm dreaming about you. <laughs> oh, it's because we don't have men right on the podcast. I'm feeling very great about myself. Thank you. So the outdoors, you love the outdoors so much that you want to record outside. More and more people these days seem to be turning to nature as a way of combating their mental health stuff, their Mm -hmm. indoor sedentary lifestyles. Mm -hmm. Has getting outside always been a love of yours pre kind of getting into surfing and stuff? Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. So I was quite lucky as a, as a kid and I'm really grateful for my mom and dad to have exposed me to the outdoors. They were like big hikers and climbers and, uh, you know, their own version of the adrenaline junkie, um, I actually grew up in the Middle East, so I lived on a beach till I was about five. Um, uh, between coming back to the UK, my dad worked as a geologist offshore uh, on oil rigs and stuff like that. And I just have all these childhood memories of just sat wearing no clothes, sat in the sand and swimming and paddling and just the whole childhood even when we came back to the uk or europe we'd go into the dolomites we'd hike in switzerland we we'd, I'd, I'd be in my dad's backpack in these woods in germany or, or whatever it was so i was really lucky and and i'm so grateful that i got exposed to it at such an early age because when i did get older all I wanted to do was go explore. My my idea of fun and a cool holiday was going to the woods, going to the beach, going on a climbing adventure, going exploring something cool. Um, so that was definitely the catalyst. 
um, because my brother and sister didn't get exposed to that so much. So they're not so much inclined to do that, actually. So it's a good sign that I was the fortunate one, but also how it did have a huge positive impact on me. It wasn't until a bit later that I realized it, how powerful it was for my mental health and how it was a lifeline for me to go and find some space when things got really crazy or when things felt a bit hectic or overwhelming. Um, because I was able to travel, I lived in New Zealand. New Zealand is always some of the best outdoor like terrain in on the planet. Still one of my favorite places on the planet. So it was constantly part of my life growing up. And as an adult, in between the gap of being in London, I was still escaping every chance I possibly could and going and finding somewhere remote to go and immerse myself in nature. So it was always part of what made me me. It wasn't really until... Uh, well, no, it's always been there, really. But I think the way I endorse it now and I promote it now and I encourage people to get out in it now is because I see people disconnecting from it more and more. More of our, you know, on our phones and our laptops and being busy, busy, busy and getting stuck in this routine of just churning out work and always being connected, always being online. But also not getting out and experiencing what the world has to offer. I know we're a bit restricted now, but just walking around the block, going sitting under a tree, going sitting inside somewhere, lie in the grass, climb a tree, go for a swim in the ocean, um, go walk in the woods. Nobody has ever said that was shit. <laughs> it's like, it's more like, oh, I should do this more often. No shit. You know, it's like, of course you should. We are nature. We just don't always connect the dots to how powerful it is for our well-being and our true soul. But also, the more we disconnect from the planet, the more we disconnect from how important it is to take care of it. And I think that's such a huge disconnect. People are just mindlessly going through life thinking the world's invincible and the planet is suffering. And I find that's something we should all try and tie in together. So for me, it's finding space. It's being connected to nature, seeing animals in the wild seeing the greenery, seeing the ocean and making sure that becomes part of everybody's life in some way to stay connected and to find that bit of grounding that we need now more than ever. Mm. And the extremes of it are the cold, obviously the cold showers, the cold ocean, you know, putting yourself in, in saunas and all the stuff that I love to do with my training because it, what it challenges you, but also it's that connection to nature and exposing yourself to nature. And I think that's one of the key links to maintaining a healthy mental space and also physically just disconnecting from all the attachment and all the distractions that we have. Nature provides all of it. Yeah, We just have to find our little pockets of it. Absolutely. Sarah, why don't you ask Richie your favourite question to ask people? about mountains and ocean oh okay yeah it is my favorite question thanks Julia. okay um okay Richie <laughs> if you could only live in one place for the rest of your life what would you choose between mountains and never see the sea or the sea and never be able to be up high in the mountains it's a real tough one mm-hmm I can see why it's a, a popular question, although it's really hard to answer because I, I like to think I'm, I'm a creature that feels very at home in both. 
You what, can have ocean? a lake in the mountains if you want. Just a small one. You've never offered that to anyone Sorry, before. I'll just put it up. Wow. <laughs> Are you playing with me again? <laughs> um, no, I'm joking. Um, I think the ocean, I think the ocean, just because it's been such a big part of my life as a kid, and I'm a big water baby, as much as I still think I'm a, a Mowgli in the jungle, mm-hmm. when I am in the jungle, I just think if he asked me to pick one, it would be the ocean. Good answer. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> um, I also want to ask you, Richie, about your, I know this is kind of like a simple question that people think, oh, what do you do in a day? But you are someone that strikes me as having a really brilliant work-life balance and, you know, having a life rather than working all the time and being sort mm. of a slave to your work. So we kind of just want to know what an average day looks like for you um, in Wales, enjoying the Welsh <laughs> and what is, yeah, because obviously it's such a stark contrast to so many people with office jobs. So what would be, okay, this is a separate question. I'm going to, we'll go with that one. Yeah. Keep it simple. Otherwise you might lose me forever. I know, sorry. Um, so in, in short, <laughs> so many questions. I think we need to have another conversation after this podcast yeah. just to get it all out, <laughs> out in the open. Um, so it changes every day in, in various different ways, but the kind of the, the rituals as I call them are, I like to wake up early. I'm a, I'm a morning person. I, I'm literally dead in the evening. Um, I wake up early. I try and get some morning sunshine. Like now, just if there's sun around, I'll try and wake up with the sun. Um, I always hydrate. I make tea. I have a stretch. I move around in the morning where I just give myself time to start the day. Because I find that it allows me just to get a bit of grounding before we open our laptops and our phones and the world gets hectic very quickly. Mm. We need to do the groundwork to make sure our levels of like balance and chill and calm and composure are, are you know, in place. But also before we sit on our laptops and hunch over the desk and just fuse into that position for a few hours, it's important to open up. So, you, you know, all these stretch and movement classes and walks are, are there because I need it to function uh, with everything else that I do for work. So getting out for a walk, going out for a surf, if I can escape, whatever I can, I'll go and ride my motorbike or something and just get some fresh air. Something that just like whoosh, gets me fired up. It might just be 10, 15 minutes. It's just enough to get that bit of time for myself before I give my time to other people. So I feel like I'm topped up. Um, and then before the end of the day, always a little wind down practice to switch off technology off. Uh, maybe another walk again, get more fresh air. Fresh air is obviously good for our soul. But um, yeah, if there's, if there's waves, waves get priority, just like mm-hmm. today. So I think it's just about just making sure I get me time before I give my time to other people so they get the best of me. So they get happy, Richie, charged up, fully charged, ready to fire, Richie. Um, and a little dose of nature on a regular, whenever I can get a little mini break. Mm-hmm. And that usually keeps me fired up. So that's like roughly a day in the life. There's a few little tweaks here and there, depending on the weather and stuff like that. But that's the gist of it. And would you say that you had a good work-life balance? Would you say like, yeah, got that down? For sure. I live in nature. I look out, I see the ocean. Um, um, I can't believe I'm even living this life. So Mm -hmm. I already feel like I've made it in my eye. It's simple living. It's a simple place, but I'm in nature. 
I get to work with great people. I, I practice what I preach. I, I get to like teach and share space with people. I get to be part of people's journey. You know, I'm being myself. So I'm not, I'm not pretending it's like I'm just living what I feel is the best possible day I can. And I'm getting to share that with other people with my yeah. community online and stuff like that. So what more is there, you know, in, in my head, that's, that's it. Um, as long as we get to be in nature, <laughs> you know, as long as we think we get to, as long as we feel happy inside and we're not, you know, living a life that's not ours and we're living it for someone else or, we're not fulfilling what we feel we're here to do, that will grate on you. And I think you'll start to regret making, you know, not making certain decisions or not fulfilling what your your calling might be. Even if you haven't figured it out, I just think simplify it a little bit. Take more time out to do those little things that often get neglected, like switching off, closing the eyes, going for a walk, writing down what's on your mind. Just simple things that often get neglected, how powerful they are. Yeah, uh, I feel like I've got that practice dialed in. So, so far, so good. Yeah. You literally just answered the question I was about to ask you as well, which was what advice would you give to people who are feeling really inspired by what you're saying and want to sort of implement this? But I mean, you pretty much answered that by writing things down, getting out. Is there mm. anything else? Well, it's like, I like to call it a life audit. And I think mm. we often get caught up in just reflecting on what I said before about this, this bubble that we're in whether it's our relationships, our family, our work, our, you know, community. It's like you, before you know it, you're into this little whirlwind of other people's stuff and you, and, and, or you're deep in a job, you're deep in a way of life that you feel like you're on this train, you can't get off and it can leave you feeling like really like, what's going on? Before I you know it, you're like 10 years older. And you're like, what have I just done with those 10 years? Yeah. And like, Shit, I wish I'd done more. So the life audits are where you just take a little bit of time out just a few minutes a day or an hour a week or something just to like reflect and see what you're doing and where you're at and what, what you're doing with your time. And is that the best use of your time? And then start to make little steps towards starting to make happier choices and improve your daily habits, whether that's starting with a healthier meal or getting out in nature more, or maybe starting an online business. Let's start a blog. Let's get a website up and running. Let's do a podcast or that start to connect with other people that I've never connected with before. This is exciting. Wow. I'm really enjoying this. And then before you know it, that's becoming your path. People, I think, make these obstacles and make it a bigger, bigger issue and a more challenging thing to go and do, whereas really it's not. And I think you just back yourself because mm-hmm. you only live once. And I think just let's not waste a single second of it. Great advice. This is making me feel so pumped up and inspired. <laughs> I like, I know all this oh, stuff already, but just hearing someone else say it, I'm like, yes. Oh, good. Anyway. The hype is real. Yeah, exactly. On to your healthy habits, which we have a little question about, which I mean, it's kind of the same, but you said that your healthy habit was to get outside and move. Is that yeah. get outside and do some movement or Get outside and do your movement outside. Get up, get outside, do your movement indoors. If you don't want to get outside, I prefer to move outdoors because when you're in the elements and it's pretty like ah, hectic sometimes when it's blowing a gale, and it's freezing cold. But if you're just starting, maybe just roll out your mat and just have a little roll around your carpet, you know, have a stretch, play with some movement, learn about where your body wants to go, what your body needs. But 
when you expose yourself to nature and you can get that morning sun on your face and your skin and just in your world, you're, you just find this natural rhythm and connection with nature, which is often the disconnection that means you're missing out on that natural high, that natural energy release, that recharging of every single cell of your body. And if you can find little doses of that, you'll just feel more energized in a more natural way. And that will then lead hopefully into all sorts of other, you know, training and just having that self-awareness of what your body needs when you need it. Sarah, have you done sense. it? Have I got outside to move? Mm-hmm. Well, actually this week I've been cycling a lot more and getting out first thing to do it. And I've sort of had Richie's health habit in the back of my mind, but you know, when you just like have been called to get out more and this week has opened that up for me and I've been on really big cycles this week and it's felt amazing. And because it's been so cold, this is quite an indulgent thing, but because it's been quite so cold, I felt like the same sensation of, of skiing when you're skiing and you just have those like quiet moments to roll down the hill and there was no one around. I was going around the Olympic park a lot and it was amazing. So yes, feels fantastic to do. So fingers crossed we're going to get to go skiing this year. Oh, I know. I know. Elaborating on that reason people, you know, often scared about going to the mountains or trying skiing because it's scary. It's hard. It takes time, but just being out in the mountains and getting fresh air and actually being out in the cold. I love the winter. Yeah. It's part of being human. Our skin's waterproof. We, you know, that fear of the cold on your skin, you know, and then the circulation pumping when you get into that nice, warm, cozy fire. You don't even have to go up the mountain. It's like just being in the mountains. And people just often mistake it's just, oh, this feels different rather than, you know, soaking it all up. That's part of the experience. And I think that's something people should at least try. Maybe you'll make up the mountain, maybe you won't, but. It's, a, it's a, again, another example of how powerful nature can be to lift your mood and to just help you step out of your comfort zone. Yeah, absolutely. Quick, um, Serena, what about you on, on the healthy habit? Um, I'm just thinking, I love the idea. I've never heard skin be described as like we're waterproof, but I love that. Yeah. <laughs> That's really we're cute. We're super waterproof. Um, I So I usually walk my dog after lunch in the afternoon because I get a bit of a slump. So this week with your healthy habit in mind, I've been getting up, doing like my tea and my journaling and stuff, and then going for a walk, a good long walk in the morning first thing. And I love it. And it's kind of like what you were saying to kind of fill up your cup, get your time in so that you can then be the best of yourself for your mm-hmm. clients and stuff. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's good. It's good. Mm-hmm. And then I'll go again later in the afternoon but it's really nice to do it first thing because otherwise, as you say, you kind of roll out of bed and before you know it, you're in front of your laptop and you're like, Ugh, oh my God, already. Yeah. And so yeah, I love it. Love it. Well, your brain, so that's just the background on that is, you know, when your brain and your eyes are wide open and you're taking those information, so all these apps are open, all this, this inbox is trying to get managed and, you know, whether that's on your phone and you're just messing around with your phone or on your laptop, you're on a computer, you might think you're being productive, but there's only so much capacity your brain has to be able to function at an optimal level to be creative and to be switched on and to be alert and to do your best work. Whereas if you took regular breaks and just got outside and you left your phone alone, you looked up, what happens with your eyes? How does your, your eyes take in nature or you feel the cold when the circulation changes through so all your limbs, all your cells, all that, all the blood vessels are pumping blood and oxygen around, including the brain, including the eyes, including the heart, the organs, and everything else. And that's a natural way to boost your mood, boost your energy, but also give your brain a little break 
to be able to come back and come, you know, back to work with fresh energy, fresh eyes, fresh creativity, and a nice, hopefully lifted mood. Mm-hmm. So there's there's science in nature just immersing yourself in it for a few minutes, just a few minutes. Go and stand outside with a T-shirt on go, it's freezing cold, and just try and embrace the cold for a moment. It might feel like, fuck, this is cold. But actually afterwards you feel, whoa, that was amazing. You know, yeah. way. Yeah, and probably- people just don't, they just make it too overcomplicated, I think, sometimes and just don't give themselves that break, whereas really you're going to be much better when you come back and so much more productive. Oh, great advice. Yeah, yeah, thank you, Richie. Oh, it's been so, so much fun speaking to you. And we had like a thousand other more questions, but we well, maybe we do a part two. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> if we if people enjoy this chat, maybe we'll do a part two. Maybe it's like this guy talked way too much. Let's uh, let's leave that one alone. <laughs> no, no, I right. love it. Yeah, it's been amazing. Oh, Richie, Wicked. thank you I'm so much. My absolute pleasure. Well, thanks for having me on. I've really enjoyed it. Thank you so much for giving us your time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, time is precious, but at the same time, I think this, what you're doing is really great. And I think, you know, it's going to have a huge impact on people that come across this website, um, this podcast, just taking, you know, the knowledge and the stories that you're sharing. And that's just such a great thing to be involved with. So thanks for having me on. Thank Thank you. you. And likewise for your, for your incredible work. Well done. We'll just boost each other's egos constantly. (laughs) (laughs) And we're going to stay young forever. Leave me a voice note. Send any good vibes my way. I will take it. it. Thanks a lot. Take care. See you later. Bye. Bye. Oh, thank you so much, Richie. That was so great. I just feel so refreshed by his outlook on life. I think he's just got such a positive attitude to to what he does and what he shares. I think it's brilliant. Me too. I feel like I should be dragging my desk out into the garden to like work under the under the wind and the rain this afternoon. I also was cracking up because we were just like giggly schoolgirls at him, flirting with him. Outrageous. <laughs> what a dreamboat. Thank you all so much for tuning in with us this week. And we hope you had a really lovely Christmas and you're enjoying this time to just relax, reconnect and hopefully get into nature. If you'd like the recipe for this episode, then head over to our Patreon page, which is www.patreon.com forward slash kitchen club podcast. And we shall be back for more next week. Thanks for listening, everyone. See you next year. Bye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.